Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Batwoman TV Talk, your weekly podcast following the adventures of Ryan Wilder in the CW's hit show, Batwoman. I am Palmer, and with me, as always, is Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hello, how are you? Uh, I am good. How about you? I am good. This episode took me a couple places I wasn't quite expecting this week. Like the sewer? Well, no, the sewer I always expect, but things are moving a bit quicker than I anticipated on a couple of fronts, and we got movement on other things I wasn't expecting on a couple other fronts. Ah, uh, I, I, I agree with some of your vagueness, and <laughs> the other half, probably not. Oh, no, the but, other half, definitely not. That much yeah, I will no. tell you. The first, you and I agree on the first half. The second half, yeah, no, yeah. definitely on opposite sides there. Yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna, we don't have any emails. Uh, I remembered last, I remembered after the fact last week that I forgot to, to, uh, mention our Twitter handles in our, in our email. So I'm going to make sure we do that at the end of this episode. Um, but last week it was like three and a half hours. So I was hungry and I need, <laughs> I need to get food. Yeah, we did kind of go on for a bit in the premiere episode, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're going to jump into this week's episode, season three, episode Loose Tooth. We start out, you know, very horror movie-esque. Yes. With, with two kids, with two kids, uh, sneaking you know. Sneaking into a, a pool. Sneaking into a pool um, with a, is it Dua Lipa song? Is that how you Yeah, Dua Lipa, yeah. Yep. Uh, in the background. I had never, to my knowledge, I had never heard uh, a, a Dua Lipa song before, and I only knew it was her because um, I watched the stuff with subtitles on, and it said that. And so I sent my friend, I sent my friend Lauren a text. I was like, "Oh, they used, they used a song from her uh, in this episode," and you know, cause she loves, she loves the singer. And she was like, "Which one?" And I was like, "I don't know." Like I had to like figure out the i had to that's why shazam exists yeah i had to search for the lyrics and the only lyric i heard clearly was sugar boo <laughs> so I, so i finally find out the name of the song and i send it to her and she was like oh yeah the sugar boo song i'm like damn it i could have just said that <laughs> i also think they use it in a commercial because i hear that song all of the time but i'm not sure what the commercial's for uh maybe sugar crisp cereal no, I, th- I want to say it's like a Kohl's or a Walmart commercial or something. Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, so two kids, uh, you know, teenagers sneaking into the sneaking into the pool after dark with some alcohol, going for a dip uh, until the girl jumps into the water and the guy is nowhere to be found. Mysteriously, girl, girl pushes guy into the water. Yeah, trying to kill him. That guy tries to make a move, and she's like, yeah, no, I'm going to push you in the pool. So then she jumps in after him, so then he completely disappears and is, and is like, nowhere to be found. And I, I kept waiting for him to either, like, sneak up and go, ha-ha, I was trying to scare you, or right. waiting for the really creepy moment to come. And it just – it kept 
like the eerie silence was going on a moment way too long. And then all of a sudden you hear him pop up and he starts screaming and then you see blood. <laughs> yep. That was, uh, I, I did like he like popped up in very like Jaws-esque when Jaws has like somebody's bottom half and is and is like taking them around the pool. He's just kind of like he is. He almost looks like he's not necessarily floating, but he's like, you know, like two thirds out of the water and kind of moving in a, you know, back and forth in a straight line, like he's being, like he's being viciously dragged by something. Uh, and as she tries to get out of the pool, she can't, and she gets dragged back into the pool, and we just see a bunch of blood, and and the claw marks on the wall. Yeah, well, the claw marks on the on the um, on the sidewalk or whatever. Oh, see, I thought I okay, because the angle it kind of looked like a wall. Uh, there is a little bit on the wall, but like the you see like the claw marks like right around where she's trying to dig herself out of the pool. We we hit the little Batwoman intro and we come back and we have a Renee Montoya doing a voiceover telling Alice what the what the stipulations are of her of her um supervised release. release. <laughs> I was gonna say work release program is. Um, she's not allowed to attack anybody. She's not allowed to break a law in Gotham. She's not allowed to to um, jaywalk. She's not allowed to chew bubble gum on Thursdays. She has a lot of rules that she has to that she has to uh, abide by as they are fitting her for an electronic monitor monitoring thing. Ryan is there as Ryan. And it's just like, what makes you think she's gonna she's gonna abide by all this? And she's like, well, that's where you come in, because if she screws up, then I'm holding you accountable, and you're both done. Yeah, this, as we are going to see, does not go well. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. So Ryan being there as Ryan and not as Batwoman was a little curious. For one, there are two police officers in the room with them yeah i didn't bump on that till you said it but you're not wrong <laughs> like 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 they're just casually talking about how ryan's batwoman in front of these two officers like if and if they weren't there why would ryan be there and they be remitting alice to her custody like it makes like no this, sense no, it really doesn't. This there's a couple there's a couple things early with the writing on this that I I found kind of suspect, but that being one of them. And all they but, have to do is put her in the suit. Yeah, but they find out that their first their first case they're working on is uh is Killer Croc, although they kind of allude to it, and then we go to the news report where this uh news reporter is pretty much standing at. In the scene of the crime. Yeah. Reporting as as the cops are doing their work around her. Which I mean is kind of a thing that happens. Does it? I don't I don't feel like it does in real life. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to stand inside the yellow tape as they're conducting an investigation. <laughs> well it's what it, it's happened in T V land, we'll say that. Okay. Okay, that that makes more sense. Like I'm just like you're you're a little too but close. But also, but also <laughs> this is Gotham City, so like. I mean, this is true. <laughs> like the the police are inept anyway. Like don't worry about 
Don't worry about, like, trampling their crime scene. They wouldn't be able to figure it out anyway. Exactly, because otherwise Batwoman would be necessary. So the reporter makes a comment about how this is eerily reminiscent to the old Batman villain Killer Croc, um, and how it ha- like it, how it has all the earmarks of an attack. Uh, we zoom out to see the to see the report being being watched on TV by Ryan and Mary in the Batcave, and Luke is kind of giving them the. Rundown on kind of, OG Killer Croc. Yep, yep. His uh, his original name Whalen Jones. He was a wrestler. Uh, he had some sort of infection that caused him to grow scales, and pretty much turned him into looking like a crocodile. Hence the name Killer Croc. Uh, and Ryan remembers him vaguely, and she's like, "Batman killed him, right?" And he's like, "No, actually, the GCPD." And Luke was offended at that. Like, no, Batman doesn't kill. Thank you very much. Uh huh. Just watch any other Batman property, and and that goes out the window very quickly. Um. And he's like, nope, the GCPD just like dumped a dumped dumped a bunch of uh, dynamite into the sewer, lit the cord, and ran like hell. So all that was left Cowards. of him, yep, all that was left of him was a two. Uh, so Ryan is wondering, well, like, well, you know, if all that's left of him is a two, you know, did did the tooth just grow back an entire killer croc? Because <laughs> like, you know, a lizard could grow back a tail, but a tooth is just a tooth. And then Mary said if it was an inf- infection that caused it, it probably got into his bloodstream, which means the tooth had the infection. So whoever found it got infected. Correct. Uh, to which <laughs> to which we hear Alice off camera say, <laughs> I have a question. And they turn around and she's just like, she's been there the entire time. That's hand to be- a rail. <laughs> that was the best reveal, by the way. <laughs> She's just been there the entire time, handcuffed to a rail, very quiet, and she she's like, I I have a question. Why is why there is tree? there a tree in the back cave? A very good question, Alice. Uh, her follow up question is: This is a forty four story tower. Certainly, there's more comfortable places to do this. Also, very true. <laughs> hilarious that, that whole reveal and i was trying to figure out if if i mean because i assume mary and, and luke are aware of the particulars of this deal but the way they revealed it it took me a minute to realize she was handcuffed to a rail because i couldn't quite <laughs> i couldn't so i just thought she appeared out of nowhere and then it wasn't until like at the end of that scene when they go to leave and they they, they zoom in on her that i realized she's handcuffed to the rail yeah <laughs> like, so oh. So Ryan's like, I need to talk to you two in private. So they walk out of the cave, and Alice is just like, I'll just be here by myself, <laughs> trying to tug on the, trying to tug on the handcuff, uh, to get to get loose. They go up to, they go up to uh, the office, and Ryan's like, Look, if kill it, you know, if this is on the loose. If Croc is on the loose, I'm gonna need backup. I'm going to need Batwing. Where are we at on finding out what's wrong with the suit? And Luke's like, still working on it. And <laughs> Ryan has like the uh, look, I'm not saying that it's not a good idea, but Ryan has the idea of like, well, OK, Mary, you help him because you are very smart and apparently very techno savvy that you'll know she's how figuring, to fix this. She's figuring 
she has a science brain, he has a tech brain. Between the two of them, they've got to be able to figure out what the hell is wrong with the suit. And this was this was the first moment that I kind of got a clue that we were on the right path with with what we discussed last week because like Luke's whole vibe in this moment of the scene was basically he knows that there is not a technical reason that his suit is failing. He knows it's a medical or a physical one coming from him and he's trying to avoid it like the plague. Yeah. Sophie comes walking in with the with the um either police report or coroner's or no police forensics report. report. It was yeah. the forensics report. Yeah, with the forensic report on the crime scene. Uh and she says that the word secretion shows up quite a bit, um, because he can he can secrete a poison that will That's a lead... paral yeah, it's a paralytic a paralytic, so it leaves yep. his victims paralyzed. Yeah. So he can snack on them at his leisure. <laughs> As they're wrapping their brains around this we find out that we see a helicopter flying very close to the tower and Luke getting an alert on his iPad that security cleared a helicopter for landing. And it is, it is Jada jet from Jeturian enterprises. Now look, this show has been on for three seasons. There has never once ever <laughs> in all of this show been anybody else at that tower Except for Luke, Mary, Ryan, Sophie, and Kate, and occasionally Alice, there is no security in that tower that approved of this landing. Don't give me that BS, Luke. I I, re I vaguely remember references to a security guard in like season one, so I do think that like there were references. So I, I'm not gonna say that it doesn't exist because. I vaguely remember references to security. Ah, uh, no, this this tower does not have. This is forty four floors of unsecured tower, is essentially what it is. So, but this this is a boss way to enter, though. Like, yeah, so I'm, she... <laughs> I'm just gonna fly my helicopter. Like I don't give a crap. I'm just gonna fly my helicopter. I'm going to land, and I'm going yeah. to come see you. And it's only like eleven blocks too. Like we hear twelve. twelve. Yeah, so she uh she. Um, Ryan mentions that when talking to Jada, but um, so he's like, "Yep." So she's clear to land, and she wants to talk to the CEO. And they're like, "Well, that's going to be fun because they're not here." And Luke's like, "Well, then she'll probably stand for the acting CEO." Which Sophie's like, "Well, who's that?" And Ryan's like, uh, "It's me, obviously." Which, which apparently was news to me. Which was news to us because I don't think we knew that. Uh, no, we did not. Um, and she says, like, Kate wanted to make sure, like, if anything came up, it was able to be handled. And Sophie doesn't seem that happy with it. And after, so Barry and Luke go off to kind of figure out what's going on with the suit. With the suit. Uh, well, actually, Luke goes off to start figuring out what's wrong with the suit. Mary is like, you know. Oh, Mary uh, goes off to get yeah, her an outfit. Yeah, Ryan's like, I need an outfit that makes it look like I'm in the actual CEO. And Mary's like, I just got my dry cleaning in. <laughs> and she goes walking off. And Sophie's like, um, hey, pal. FYI, this B is your mother. BT Dubs, yeah, <laughs> BT Dubs, this is your mother. I know you didn't want to know, but you're going to talk to her anyway, so I might as well tell you. Yeah. It, and I did your... not expect this reveal this fast. 
Yeah, especially since, like, last episode, Ryan's like, I don't want to know. And Sophie's like, remember when you said you didn't want to know? I I honestly thought this was going to be the mid-season reveal. So the fact that it was revealed now shocked me because I wasn't expecting her to find out this fast. Right. Um, I I expected Jada to know who she was. To, to and to interact with her, knowing who it, who she was, not letting but not letting Ryan know. So the fact that right. Ryan knew and went into that meeting knowing that this was her mother, I was like, okay, they are not messing around this season. Yep. So she's like, you know, so good luck with that. Peace out. And we come to Jada coming off the elevator, walking th- into the office. God, this scene was so good. And she's like, oh, I didn't realize, you know, I didn't realize uh, the Wayne Company had a new CEO. And I'm like, really? You didn't? Because Bruce hasn't been around for several years. Y- you knew. Yeah, you-, you had to know. <laughs> like, you know, it's not it's not a surprise that Bruce is no longer in Gotham. So uh, Ryan is like, you know, I'm sure you didn't just come all this way to, you know, to give me a gift basket. What's up? And Jada tells her about the about the breach in security that they had and how it was traced back to a Wayne Tower IP address or Wayne Enterprises IP address. And she's like, you know, don't. Which makes sense because we saw Sophie doing the investigation at Wayne Tower. Right. Good job, Sophie. See, this is why she's not uh, an investigator, because if she was, she would be horrible at it. So um, so they go back and forth and. Brian's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And if you had any proof, you would have gone to the SEC and not me. I loved this whole scene. Like, I love, well, first of all, I love both actresses, so I'm automatically going to love this anyway. But I just, I love that, I love their dynamic. I love the way they played off of each other. Like, it was just, I just loved it so much. Uh, I did like the scene. We did find out that there is a past with Jada and that Bruce poached one of her one of her employees years ago. Um, if he wasn't so young, I would have thought it was Luke that she was talking about. I mean, it could be. She didn't say how long ago. Like, it could have been just before he left. Yeah, because when she said that, my first thought was, was it Luke? Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, that's the only, that is the only um, person on the Wayne Enterprises workforce we ever see. Like, we don't see anybody else. So it could have been Luke. Maybe it was his dad, Lucius. Maybe Lucius worked for Jet Enterprises prior to coming over for Wayne Enterprises. Who knows? Um, but those are like the only two. Those are like the only two possibilities. If it's somebody from the show, or if they're ever going to talk about it again, uh, we go. So uh, this scene, I, I did really like the scene. Although I forgot to say this on the episode last week, and I mentioned it on Twitter. So this is Robin Gibbons' second scene in the show. And so far, every time she's on screen, it looks like she's in a completely different show. And what do I don't you mean? mean that I don't mean that bad. I just mean like there's there's the acting that they're doing on the show, and then Robin is coming in doing her own thing. And I mentioned last week, like I swear to God, like she sat down and watched Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy from Batman and Robin because she she is giving like not a hammy performance, but her inflections and her speech patterns have a very like 
have a very like hamminess to them to point. And it works in, for her. In such, and it's such a good way. Like she is the she is Robin Givens is such a good actress. Like she just steps in and she owns the scene. She owns the moment. She brings everything up. And that's mm. not to and that's not to say that it was a bad thing before because it's not. But if your show is that good, she's going to make it that much better. Yeah. Because that's just the caliber of an actress that she is. And she does it in every role that she has. I will literally watch her read the phone book and it would be the most captivating thing I'd ever see. Yeah. We go to the, we go to Mary and Luke trying to figure out what's wrong with the bat suit, with the bat wing suit. And Luke's like, you know, so there's a fail safe being tripped. I can't figure out why. And Mary's like, hey, look, every time it got disabled, there was, you know, your heart rate was, was elevated. Maybe it's some, you know, maybe there's something wrong with you. Like if it's a yeah. fail, if it's a fail safe because of a medical issue, let's make sure you're OK medically. Yep. And he's kind of looking at her like, are you sure? But like, I think part of him knows and he's just trying to avoid this. Yeah. <laughs> Alice still in the Batcave, although she somehow got out of her handcuff because she's now handcuffed to a different place, sitting down behind a desk. Yeah, she must have somehow she moved like like she just she uh, she unhandcuffed unhandcuffed herself, moved her and then handcuffed her. Now, I'm assuming what ended up happening was uh, either Mary and moved her for some reason but yeah she is definitely not standing at the near the tree anymore she's at a desk still handcuffed and trying to search searching. for a way to, to disengage yep. her ankle monitor and it was like non-authorized search i was like i'm assuming they knew what she was going to try to do so luke put up a firewall yep uh ryan comes in and and alice is like so how was talking to mom <laughs> And Ryan was upset that she knew who she was the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alice. Well, I mean, how else would Alice have known that her mom was still alive if she didn't know who the mom was? Exactly. Like, Alice, when Alice plays with information and she uses something to torture you, she doesn't just have a piece of information. She has the entire pie. Yeah. Um, I will say now, I'm thinking about it now. Uh, Sophie moved her because Ryan asked Sophie to to go see it, what Alice like if Alice has any ideas where it crosses. Right. Be. Okay. Yes. That's right. So that's where Sophie she went when they all yeah. dispersed. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you know, you know, if we're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with a crazy person. Let's ask a crazy person. And Mary's like, um, you don't see word anymore. And everyone looks at her dumbfounded. And she's like, crazy. Like we just <laughs> talked about the, we just talked about this last episode, guys. Yeah. So yeah, Sophie Sophie probably moved her to the to the desk. And so Alice is like you know, Alice shows the perimeter of the various attacks because she's like, you know, this wasn't his first attack. It was a little bit too it was a little bit too clean. When I did my first kill, I did it on an oxygenarian who was on oxygen. And I just, you know, because it was easy, they were easy prey. So this person would have started earlier and she kind of pulls up a thing 
a pattern of missing people in a circular area. And she's like, so this is his hunting ground. This is where we got to look from there. Uh, as she's going over this, we kind of transition to this lakeside area of a family with a small girl playing playing soccer that was very reminiscent of the beginning of, um, I think, Lost World. I don't know. Like, I've never seen it. You've never seen Lost World? My movie knowledge is quite limited. We're, we're stopping this entire episode. <laughs> go back, go and watch Lost World, and then come back, and we'll do this episode. <laughs> so we'll watch it and report back by next week. How's that? <laughs> So, I mean, you just have to watch the beginning scene and you'll understand what I'm talking about. So she's talking about, you know, the mother's like, come on, it's getting dark. We got to, you know, we got to come in. And then daughter's like, ah, but mom. (laughs) And the mom turns around and when she turns back around or the daughter goes to pick up her uh, soccer ball and it's all covered in drool and kind of slashed. And then she gets taken. The mom turns around like, where's my daughter? Where is her daughter? This, this whole thing kind of creeped me out a little bit. Yeah, it is. It is kind of creepy. I also like how it's shot. It's like a very like it's during the day, but it's still grayish tone. Yeah. Now, how did you feel like how do you feel with how they're up to this point, how they've handled Killer Croc? Because we haven't really seen him. I mean, that's good because there's only a couple ways that you can do Killer Croc. You can do Killer Croc as a CG character which would cost tons of money, so you would want to limit his his screen time. Or two, you got to put on a bunch of makeup on somebody, which I would imagine is not necessarily comfortable, uh, for so, especially for like a TV show. Uh, so again, you would want to limit the amount of time he's he's on screen. I will say though, I like I like the fact of like you're keeping it like you're keeping his reveal a mystery. So yeah. it is a very like monster movie. It's it's almost more terrifying that we get the like we see the, what he's doing without seeing him doing it full fully. It, right. Um. So I do like it because you're like you're you're left wondering like what does he look like? You know, if you haven't seen the preview stills, you know you don't know what he looks like. Like how well did they do this? You know, it was kind you know it's kind of like um, the '90s Godzilla where they didn't show all of Godzilla in the trailer, like, you would only see pieces. So I I did like how they were handling that. As soon as the girl goes missing, we kind of transition to that same area, and we have Alice and Alice and uh, Batwoman kind of scouring the area looking for... Is this when they find his skin? Yes. At the very yeah. end, at the so... very end, Alice is like, he's a growing boy, and holds up, like, a flap of, a flap oh. of skin. That was so gross. So, it so kinda, gross. It kind of was. It looked like jerky, though. Yeah. Under under the uh, city in the sewers, we see the little girl kind of coming out of a sleep and kind of violently, like, waking up. As she does, she knocks over a dead body. And we notice, like, her leg is is injured as she's kind of dragging it and she's trying to escape. And she doesn't really know where she is, except she's in she's in like the sewer tunnel area, and she kind of just like rests up against the rests up against the wall. And we go back to Batwoman and Alice asking like, "Hey, how was talking to mom?" And Batwoman's not saying anything. She was like, 
would it help would it help to break the ice if we talked about my mom she had a great head of on she had a great head on her shoulders except at the <laughs> end or something like <laughs> something something very alice like yeah and she you know batwoman time like you know jada was confident direct she was great you know i'm you know everything that you would want her to be and alice kind of keeps needling her like well isn't that what you wanted a mom like everything that you wanted in your mom in your life and she was like well she didn't want me in hers and they come across the they come across the sewer manhole cover which looks remarkably small yeah almost anything to fit in um as they're both staring down the sewer the sewer manhole cover alice is like all right you first <laughs> and they go back and forth batwoman's like no i'm i have to keep an eye on you you think i'm gonna go first and alice is like you want me the person not wearing any armor to go first <laughs> yeah because that makes sense so alice is like look i'm not gonna run because you know I'm not giving up on this girl the way everyone gave up on me. Fine, I'll go first. And she just jumps I, in. Like she doesn't. Take I loved the... that moment. Like when when I, I I love crazy Alice. Don't get me wrong. But when they when they let Alice have little moments of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So they both drop into the sewer, and there's more skin hanging up, or actually Ooh, more meat hanging up. So gross. That that Batwoman believes to be bait. And this guy comes out between the between the things of meat and we find out that it's the father of this new killer croc. I didn't expect that. That part kind of shocked me. I was like, huh, I wasn't expecting it to be a kid that young. Well, yeah, because we didn't know we didn't know if it was a kid or an adult. We just know that somebody found it and and got infected. Like we don't find out any of the story of the of the person until we, the father shows up. Uh, from there, we go straight to Luke taking off his shirt. Oh, the, oh, this is this is my this is my favorite scene. I loved this so much. All right, take it away. <laughs> I will take it away. So, in this scene, uh, Mary starts Luke's exam. He takes his shirt off. He's sitting on the table, and you know she she looks. Everything seems fine. You know, there's, and then. She starts listening to his heart rate, and as she, the closer she gets, the more she the more she moves, the higher his heart rate goes. And she was very flustered. My other favorite part of this scene was the fact that like, the minute she, he took off his shirt, she looked and she was like, "Well, you've been working out." Like she was openly admiring what she saw. And I have a feeling that we are going to be exploring the potential of Luke and Mary in relationship form this season. And I am so excited because I have been feeling vibes since the end of season one. And I feel like this is the first scene where they really like fully like leaned in to the chemistry that they have because you could see that they were both affected by it. And I'm really intrigued to see where this goes. Now, yes, at the end of season one. There was the potential there. But then season two, there was absolutely nothing. Uh, season two, we kind of had little moments. Like, there was a moment at Kate's funeral. And then, but yeah, they, they never really they never really leaned into it much at all. And I think it's because they were so busy trying to establish who Ryan was and what the show looked like without Kate. 
that they that they weren't really ready to focus on that. But mm-hmm. I think this season we're going to get it. And I'm really excited because I want this so badly. And like they were so close that they almost kissed and the way that camera zoomed out, I screamed. So Mary says that he's fine and that he has no issues. Um, and Luke's like, see, I told you, the suit's just glitching out. I have to remove the fail safe. And he's like, it's a little too overprotective, much like a newly minted doctor I know. <laughs> Back over to the sewers, we have the father and Batwoman and Alice talking, saying that he's uh, he's there to try and help his son, you know, because he's not really a killer, unlike Alice. And so, you know, Batwoman's like, well, what happened? And he's like, well, let me show you. And he talks about how they, him and his son went to go fishing, and he caught a he caught a fish on his very first cast. And when they cut it open, they found this giant crocodile tooth inside of the fish. The kid made it into a necklace, and he ended up cutting himself on the tooth. The cut got infected, and then he started to grow scales. And as he's talking, he's showing pictures of his son prior and then at the start where the scales start showing up and more and more you know he goes through like four or five pictures showing the progression of the scales and said you know it got worse a little worse every day until he was less you know my son and more creature yeah and then he said you know the appetite took hold of him and i had to chain him up but he was too strong too hungry he broke free and he's like now i'm trying to lure him back Side note, this is just a pet peeve of mine. I don't understand what it is about, like, making teeth into jewelry. Like, I always see, like, shark teeth necklaces and, in this case, crocodile tooth. And I'm just like, why would you want to make an animal's tooth a piece of jewelry? I do not understand this. Well, um, a lot of indigenous tribes do it. Like you'll you would see it a lot on like Native Americans or or uh, tribes in Africa and in some and in some like very like hunter like hunter dominated um, areas of the world like where people where people kind of live off the grid and are more like live a more sustainable life of no technology or little technology and going out hunting for their food rather than going to a supermarket. So like very like indigenous places like that, you see it a lot as far as like regular people. I don't know. Like I, you're right. I, I don't get it either. It's not like, like you, it, you did like, it's one thing if you're like, I killed this crocodile that was going to kill me. So I took its teeth and made it into a necklace to show, you know, how fearless I am. Okay. But, if you didn't kill the crocodile, why would you want the teeth around you? That's the thing. Like, I'm not going to find a random tooth of a random creature and be like, let me make this into jewelry. No, thank you. No. Yeah. Like if they if he wanted to, like, make the fish into jewelry, I could see that. But yeah, that's... I mean, people mount fish all the time. But like, yeah. You know. So Batwoman's like, you know, we're here to try and help your son. We want to give him the help he, he needs. And the father takes out a giant cattle prod and is like, that's why I have this. And like, well, do you really think that's going to work? He's like, well, probably, but it's not for him. And then he zaps Batwoman with it. 
Yeah, I was like, ugh. I, I kind of knew I that mean, was coming because, like, she's wearing a suit. She's wearing a rubber suit, by the way, so that doesn't conduct electricity. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really know what happened there, but it was just yeah weird. <laughs> and he kind of turns to Alice to make sure she doesn't move, and she's just like, cool, cool, everything's cool. We come back from commercial, and we see him uh, plunging the plunging the cattle prod into the water that Batwoman is now laying in to keep zapping her. And we go back over to the Batcave, and Sophie's there with all these monitors, you know, saying, you know, surge warning. And she's like, hey, guys. Um, we got a problem. Yep, everything okay? Like, what's what's up? And the father's going on and on. She's like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't need you guys taking him and injecting him with needles and keeping him as a lab rat. I'm his father. I know what he needs. And then we see Croc come out from between the from between the uh, pieces of meat that are hung up and punches the father and then drags him off. That was a really good reveal. It was yeah. just enough Croc that he looks really good. But at the same time, he's not on screen long enough or has enough enough lighting to really like to like scrutinize the makeup if there's any like problems. So like it looks really menacing and it looks like it's really done well. Alice picks up the the cattle prod, uh, schwartz out the ankle bracelet and then goes skipping off. Luke and Mary come into the Batcave and they're like, what the hell's going on? And Sophie's like, I don't know. Yeah, because she's like, I'm trying to figure this out, but, like, all the alarms are going off, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, they finally get in touch with that woman who gives them an update on what's going on. She's like, you know, I need I need help. Did you guys figure out what's wrong with the suit? And Luke's like, yep, totally. Everything's fine. Isn't that right, Mary? And Mary's like, yep, super okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and... They're just, and then she's, and then Mary's like, yeah, he's good to go. Yeah. And I was like, he's so not good to go. I was expecting the suit to malfunction while he was fighting out there, but I don't think it did. No, because he had taken off the failsafe. They mentioned that later on. Yeah, they mentioned that later. But that at this at this point in the episode, that's what I was expecting to happen. Right. I was like, okay, yeah, he's definitely going to malfunction again. Yeah. So Alice is literally skipping through the sewer. That was hilarious. <laughs> And as she's about to leave, she hears the little girl crying out for help. And she kind of stops, starts to leave again. She hears her call out again. And she begrudgingly turns around and follows the voice to the little girl. And she's like, all right, I'm here to I'm here to save you, little girl. Oh, did we mention that the electroshock disengaged her ankle monitor, which is why she was running? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And she's like, all right, I'm here to save you, little girl. Let's get out of here. And the girl's like, I can't. My leg is hurt. And Alice is like, well, you got to try. She's like, I can't. I tried. And then Alice is like, all right, well, look, no one's going to help you except for yourself. I'm out of here. You have fun dying. When The faster you learn this lesson, the better. <laughs> and I'm like, You'll wow, that's that's uh, might be that's, true, but a little dark. Yeah, it's 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 okay. So uh, we have Batwoman looking through the sewers for Stephen, who is Killer Croc, and she's just kind of 
you know, she's just kind of like calling out to him. She's like, you know, we don't want to hurt you. I just want to help you. Your father's just wants to help you too. She's slowly moving around the, slowly moving around the sewers. <laughs> you know, you're very lucky to have him as a parent. This scene goes on for a little bit longer than needed. Yeah. And then she comes across uh, the father's dead body, and she's like, "Well, all right, let's uh, let's try a different tactic." Yeah, because at that point, once once the father was dead, clearly reaching out to his humanity wasn't going to work anymore because there is none left. Yep, we see Renee Montoya at her desk, and the, another person comes in, like, "Hey, we got a problem. We lost uh, we lost the signal on." on Alice's tracking bracelet. And <laughs> she was like, define lost. <laughs> and she's like, well, we had her location and now nothing. Alice is coming out of the, out of the sewer, still skipping and twirling the, twirling the um, cattle prod. As the <laughs> way only Alice can do. Yep. And Batwing shows up behind her and she's like, oh great, the sidekick. And he's <laughs> like, uh, it's Batwing. They have a little fight. She tries to she tries to shock him. It doesn't work. Mary's over at the uh, Mary's over at the computer. And is like, hey, how's it going? Did your suit glitch out yet? Any problems? <laughs> He's like, just this distracting voice in my head. Uh, I feel you, Luke. Those voices in your head are never good. <laughs> it was it was kind of giving me Oliver Felicity vibes in that one moment. Yep. So Alice kind of corners him and gets the cattle prod like right to his neck and he ends up stabbing her with a vial and nothing happens and hell is just like well that uh, well what was supposed to be happening because i don't think it's happening he's like oh it's happening don't worry right now what did he say like thousands of nanobytes are traveling through your system releasing your gps signal to like a bunch of different satellites so you better be able to run fast because we're always going to be able to find you yep we go back to the little girl now trying to crawl in the sewer. And as she is, Croc shows up behind her. As he goes to pick her up, Batwoman comes out of nowhere, jumps on him, and is kind of trying to choke him out. He is he backs her up into the wall and gets her off, and they start fighting. Um, so, again, with another movie that you've never seen reference, he reminds me of... He reminds me of the Koopas in the live-action 90s uh, Super Mario movie with Bob Hoskins and yeah, definitely never and John Leguizamo. That. Of course you definitely. haven't. You need to watch better things <laughs> is essentially what I'm taking from this episode. <laughs> Listen, I have a vast knowledge of television. Movies you have a vast knowledge of Days of Our Lives. Well, that's just what I tweet 24-7, but I do actually have a vast <laughs> knowledge of multiple television shows. So, uh, Batwoman uses a bat gadget uh, that uh, that um, holds Croc against the wall in a net, and she takes, you know, she takes the kid, she's like, alright, let's get you out of here. They show the girl being put into the ambulance with her mother, who thanks Batwoman. Montoya shows up and is like, Hey, good job. I see you here. What um where's your partner, eh? And she's like, Oh, she's over there in the Batmobile. And she throws her the she throws her the shocked out ankle braces. She was like, Oh, there was some tech 
there were some technical difficulties with this, but I think we found a better solution. Isn't that right, Alice? That was so great. And you know what I loved about that too is like in this in this moment, Batwoman took her the took her took control of the situation because Renee, Renee, it's Renee Montoya, right? Yeah. Renee was holding the fact that their futures, Alice and hers, are tied together. So if Alice runs, then her entire life gets upended. Well, Alice is going to Alice, and she did try to run. So so Batwoman be, you know, beat her and said, well, she can run wherever she wants to, but we're always going to be able to know where she is. Then we go to we go to our first appearance uh, from Rachel Maddow this I was like, this is a best, like, and we didn't have a whole lot of her towards the end of last season, did we? Um, not as much, but yeah. Because I so, feel like this is the first, like, I mean, I know it's the first time we heard her this season, but I feel like it's the first time we heard her in a minute, because I don't remember hearing her much at the end of last season at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely the first time in a few months. So she gives us the rundown of what went on, you know, Proc 2.0 got captured, Alice's... Alice and Batwoman teamed up for some reason. And Alice is now back in Arkham, which which given the fact that they had the tracker in her, I did not actually expect her to go back to Arkham. Yeah, because they made it sound like she was going to be out of Arkham the entire time. And apparently she's just out of Arkham when they're doing something. Otherwise, she's in Arkham. Or was it the fact that her escape attempt violated her conditions and she's back? Well, no, because according to Batwoman, she didn't try to escape. They just had a problem with the tracking bracelet. Yeah, see, that's where I was confused. No, I, I, I know. We see Ryan looking out uh, over the city, and she's not sitting on a gargoyle. They're actually on a on Balcony. an observation deck with a with a guard, a, a small wall to protect them from falling. Like it was very normal. Yes, I. I am I, very happy with this. This was my second favorite scene of the entire episode. And Sophie comes walking in, and you know, Sophie kind of gives her a pep talk, like, "Hey, you know, she didn't want you. It's her loss." And but Ryan still kind of wants to go over there, but she doesn't want to feel rejected if she doesn't want to, anything to do with her. When she and, said, "What if she doesn't want me?" The way her voice broke, my heart shattered for her. Did you see it did so good with that line? I mean, when she said, what if she doesn't want me? I was like, well, we already know she didn't. Like, that's why that's why all this happened. But it's she just doesn't want to get rejected again. And the way Javicia played that, my heart broke into a million pieces. Yeah. And so people was like, well, at least you can say you tried. And the other another line that she had in this scene that I loved was like, just remember, she never gave you anything, so she couldn't take anything away from you. I mean, she gave her life. I mean, that's true. But and I don't know. Again, I feel like we might be getting a Sophie Ryan pair no, this season. No, we are not. <laughs> I feel it. I don't know. I felt the vibe in that scene. I'm just putting it out I there. I swear and- to God, whatever drugs you're on. <laughs> it's not drugs. It is. It's not. It's, you are I'll hallucinating. Tell you, I'll tell you what it is, though. Because I did have to ask a friend of mine who also watches Batwoman if I was seeing things. It's the soap opera viewer in me. I see potential relationships everywhere. Jeez. Like, really? Nothing is happening. 
And if something does happen, this will that will be the moment in which um, I will tell you I told you so and I will become insufferable, as you put it in the in our DM, because you thought that <laughs> <laughs> you thought you would get and I told you so because of the whole. I, well, we haven't gotten there yet. We're about to get there yeah, now. I think yeah, it's the next it's, scene. It's the next scene. So uh, Luke and Mary are in the lab. And Mary's like, you know, you really should put the really should put the um, the fail safe back on because, you know, there's nothing wrong with you physically. But and then she kind of says, like, when she got closer to the area of where he got shot, it's when his heart rate it's spiked. when his heart rate spiked. And also, apparently, the fail safe was tied into his dad's voice because Which his was- father his father's AI was no longer talking. Which I wasn't expecting that. You would think the AI would be separate from that. Yeah. I Maybe, well, maybe that's why, like, they figured, like, oh, he needed, you know, he needs a calm, reassuring voice of something's going wrong medically, so it's part of the fail-safe thing. I don't, I, that's the only thing I can think of. But she's like, you know, yeah, you had the desert rose in you. There's no scar. But it doesn't necessarily mean that there's no, you know, there's no physical scar. There's no physical wound, but that doesn't mean there's not an emotional one because right. you've been through a lot. And he's he, and like I said last week, he's never really had a chance to process his trauma. Right. So and, I love the fact that they're delving into it now. Yeah. Uh, and then we go back to Renee Montoya as the as her and um, somebody else are looking at a tube with with um poison ivy in it or at least some sort of vine and they was believe this it's the gonna... poison was this the poison ivy that we got last week or we thought we got no this is a different thing okay uh because you know they talked about that they had just got it in and they don't know if it's part of poison ivy or not and montoya pours some water in there and then sticks her hand and she's like i've been around long enough to know when it's her I've been attacked by her or whatever. Uh, and then we have Ryan barging into Jada's office and is like, yo, what's up, mom? Yeah, that. OK. And that was the other thing that shocked me. Like, I was not expecting. First of all, I wasn't expecting Ryan to find out that that was her mother. I then wasn't expecting Ryan to turn around and confront her at the end of the same episode. Like, they are moving so fast. Do we think it's too fast? Uh, no, I like this because who knows where we're gonna where where we're gonna go from here? Because yeah, and apparently I didn't see the I didn't see the preview because what I was watching didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently we find we meet her brother next week. Correct. We meet we meet Jada's son next week, so that will be interesting. But that does it for uh, this episode. It was it was a pretty good follow up to last week's premiere. Indeed. Um, you know, we got another, you know, we got a we got a villain of the week, but I like how it still ties into an overall story. Both of the villains of the week have tied into the overarching story because we had the, the Mad Hatter's hat last week. We had the crocodile right. tooth this week. So it still feels like the artifacts that escaped are the main story, but we still get the villain of the week aspect. It's cool. Right. Yeah. No, it's a it's a good way to do it. Um, I like the progression of the of the Ryan mother storyline we had a little bit of character growth from Alice 
who stopped to try and help that girl before she was like, well, this isn't working. I'm out of here. Uh, we have, you know, we've we're kind of figured out what's going on with, well, we haven't started processing what's going on with Luke, but we kind of, we kind of think we have the cause to what's going on with Luke. Yeah. And I love that they went this route and that they're get, like, cause it, it gives Cameron, like Cameron some really good material to work with. And it, you know, I was afraid that because what happened happened so close to the end of last season, they were just going to brush it under the rug and pretend it didn't happen. And I'm really glad that I was wrong about that and that we are actually getting it explored. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, but that's yeah, that's this week's episode and uh, <laughs> nothing else at all happened this week. So goodbye, everybody. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, you you may want to check our uh, our chat because I just sent you something that is going to oh. factor into this discussion because it just gets worse. I mean, you may have already seen this. I don't know. Uh oh yeah, I didn't send I didn't send that one to you. I thought I did. No, you didn't. So I sent it. To, yeah. I just happened to see it and I sent it to you. <sighs> All right. So <sighs> obviously there was no way we couldn't talk about it as much yeah. as i would as much as i would want to i don't think i don't think it would have been I don't, was it, yeah there was no way to avoid it so chose violence and so we have no choice but to speak um so this week ruby rose uh went on to instagram and and apparently in response to some stuff that had been leaking out um very recently um, she decided to spill the tea on what happened with her leaving the show and everything behind that. She singled out two of the producers, uh, Carolyn Dryers and Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I think that was his name. No, it wasn't. It was like Peterson or something. Yeah, it was something. Yeah. So she, she, um, so Ruby's account of what happened from the beginning is she was injured on the set of Batwoman. She had to undergo surgery and then she was told that she had to be back on the set in 10 days. Otherwise they would fire everybody and shut down the show because they weren't going to recast her. <laughs> Go figure. Which doesn't make any sense because they ended up recasting her anyway, but I digress. I mean, yeah, but again, at, the, at one point in time, they weren't going to recast her either. So, um, um, so she never really had the time to heal properly. She was, you know, she had to go, you know, she made it back to the set so they could continue doing the show. She had a miserable time. Uh, she also said Carolyn Dryers wanted to keep working through COVID and they were the last, they were the last, um, CW show to shut down. Which I don't even think that's true because I went and looked and they announced the shutdown of Supergirl and Batwoman at the same time. Uh, they announced it at the same time, but we're going to, we're going to go through as much of this stuff before we give thoughts. So aside from all of that, so, you know, she was injured. They kind of, you know, they didn't handle that correctly. Supposedly another, um, stunt woman got injured or stunt person got injured to the point where they were so severely burned that their flesh was falling off. And then they had to supposedly do a love scene like two minutes later with no with no time to process what had happened. And then the AP or the production assistant who was left paralyzed when 
a lift bucket fell on her. That was widely publicized. Like we we knew. Yeah, that, that I remember hearing about. You know, yeah, we definitely knew that story. Um, and then she also called out uh, Drudgery Scott, supposedly yelling on set and um, and not being nice to female cast members. She called out camera. Uh, she called out Cam for complaining about her being late on set. Um, and then she reiterates that she did not quit Batwoman, that she doesn't quit, and how the entire thing kind of ruined her experience. After she came out with those, well, she came out with some of those earlier, and then the part about not quitting of that she came out with later. During the day after these allegations came out, Drugery Scott came out and denied everything that she had said about him. Uh, Cam came out at one point and said, you know, she was fired from the show. WB put out a statement calling her, uh, calling what she said. What she revisionist. said revisionist history, which that yes. was, ooh, that was telling to me. Revisionist history and that they had decided not to exercise her option because of onset problems. Uh, and then today there's been, you know, definitely not as much stuff, but some more stuff came out with one with one person detailing or one um, assistant detailing how she really wouldn't talk to any like Ruby wouldn't talk to anybody that wasn't, you know, above the line people. And she treated like she treated the uh, production assistants and that like shit. And and, you know, she was just difficult to deal with and very uh, had very diva tendencies, very difficult to deal with and was a nightmare was a nightmare on the show. That's essentially where we're at right now. Okay. Where do we want to start? So uh, here is my broad interpretation of the entire situation. Do I believe, do I believe Ruby? Yes. Yes, I do. To an extent. Do I believe that she was injured on the set? And do I believe that producers may have treated her horribly and rushed her back to filming as you know, much sooner than she should have, that then could have cascaded into ongoing health problems, or even like being very discom, you know, not being able to, not being able to get comfortable in the job, you know, and maybe maybe having to deal with those pains that she was never able to get healed properly, that led to her, you know, having issues on set. Yes, I believe. I fully believe that happened. I also believe, obviously, that the production assistant that was paralyzed also happened. As far as the person who got burned, look, that, I'm, that I'm, part of the story to me was that was the first thing I read that I went. I, I feel like had that happened, that would have been everywhere. I again, I believe that. I believe that something happened, but I also believe that you're you, you're never. Someone, my friend Lauren, when we were talking about this, said something really wise, and that is, when you're doing this kind of, when you're doing this kind of thing, never should write from a place of emotion. And I think, as far as this one instance, this one person getting burned, I don't know if she is just remembering it incorrectly, and that not that the person getting burned, I, you know, I believe there might have been an onset incident. But maybe it wasn't to the extent that she remembers it. 
either way, as far as all of like the stunt problems, the way you know the way the producers handled the injury, the stunt problems, and the three onset accidents she cites: the PA assistant, her, and this other person. These things should be investigated. Now, the PA assistant thing has been investigated. I don't know what the outcome of that investigation was, but when I was looking at when I was doing a search for stunt people being injured on Batwoman, um, I do know, like, I saw, I read the several reports that said, you know, um, the the Canadian version of, of like, workspace accidents or OSHA or whatever was, investigate, was investigating it. And, of course, WB put out a statement said, we're, you know, we're cooperating fully, answering all questions. Now, Ruby does try... Ruby does throw shade saying that WB tried to claim that it was the person's fault for being on their phone, um, which, okay, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not. But didn't she try to also blame Caroline because she's saying that because that this happened because they were looking up COVID stuff and that the accident never would have happened had she shut down? Uh, It's it's very possible. But so so here's the thing. Got from it. Right. So here's the thing. All right, so all the stuff that Ruby said, as a, like from her injuries to the onset accidents, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe wholeheartedly. The only one that I'm willing to say, like, hey, maybe this one didn't happen exactly that way is the person getting burned. But again, all that stuff should be investigated, hands down, definitely. Now, as far as being shut down for COVID, no studio was shutting down until they were full. Like it wasn't just WB, it wasn't just the CW. Yeah, and it no wasn't one. even it wasn't even a, a decision that the producer makes. The studio made that. So Warner Brothers is the one who ordered all the, the shutdown for their shows. The studio, CB- no, the studio did not. The government of Canada said we're shutting everything down. No, and but even even when I even when I looked when I looked it up, Warner Brothers what when they Warner Brothers it, made the announcement. Yeah, but what. Uh, what I can guarantee you happened was was they got, you know, they got told by the by the government or whoever in the government that they would normally talk to about it. Someone called them and said, "Look, Canada is going to shut down," and then WB was just like, "All right, we're going to announce we're shutting down." Then, but well, I, again, I don't know if it, I don't again, know if it was Canada or us because they they announced like shows that it, it was in both places. It was definitely Canada. Well. We were also shutting down. We shut down pro, like right around the same time. Like, yeah, like everything. Because, like everything my state had shut. Days. Yeah. Yeah, my state had just shut down earlier that week, and then other states were shutting down. So, as far as that goes, is it right? No. Does it suck? Absolutely. Am I surprised that a studio wouldn't shut down? Not at all. I'm just not like, and I don't mean, and I don't mean to make this sound like. Well, you know, too bad. This is what you signed up for. But at the time, yeah, it was, you know, we, you know, everyone was scared about the virus of that. But it was never. It just like like something on that scale happening that fast, like. Yeah, but everyone, and, she, and, and, and no she's trying to live. Right, and she's trying to lay blame at Caroline Dryers for that. And yeah, just Caroline Dryers have a lot of issues and stuff. Yeah, but this was not a decision that she was going to make. This decision was always going to come from above her pay grade. Right. Um, so yeah, we're you know, and they might have been the last 
they might have been the last CW show to to stop filming, and there could have been reasons for that. Now, Supergirl. Now, say so you have all these shows filming, but you're filming on different schedules. So if Canada says, "Look, we're shutting down Friday," like at, you know, after Friday you can't film anymore. Okay, but now say on Wednesday, Supergirl finishes an episode. Why start a new episode? You're not going to be able to. That you're, yeah. that you're gonna have to then kind of match because obviously time will have elapsed, you know. So all right, we we stop shooting now. We stop shooting on Wednesday because we finished the episode. You know, we stayed late to finish the episode. Maybe Batwoman doesn't finish the episode till Friday, so they're the last ones to shut down. So I'm I agree that it's very possible Batwoman was the last one to shut down, but were they the last ones to shut down? For reasons being like we we should really finish this last episode that we've been working on, and other and other places from the same studio were like we finished the current episode, so rather than start something new, we'll shut it down early. Now, as far as the onset stuff, uh, Gregory Scott came out, denied what she had said, which I would assume he would. Like it, that was not surprising. It's not like it's you know almost never would somebody come up and say, oh yo you're right, yeah. I'm. I'm a dick. Um, so that is that is a he said she said. Uh, as far as the cam, as far as the cam thing goes, she called them out on a very specific thing that that she attributed to kind of having to deal with this injury pain that nobody knew about, according to her. So if he doesn't know this is why something's happening, and we're just saying for the sake of argument, in this case, it, it, that's why. Then of course he's going to say something. So don't get pissy that yeah that if he, he had there like, was if, zero I, if, reason to bring him into that right. But so it just, and I don't and, even know why she did this to be honest. Like she literally because I don't like like I don't think she's like she was never it never really seemed like she was that co- close with the cast like you always because literally there was radio silence when her exit was like nobody said anything when her exit was announced not a single person said goodbye wished her well it was radio silence across the board right so so as far as ruby's allegations go that's where i stand with those i fully believe her and i think I all of those I think all of those incidences should be investigated. Now, the other thing that can be mutually – that's not mutually exclusive, she could have also been difficult on set. She could have also been uh, – you know, she could have been a mean person. I'm not saying that she is or she wasn't, but like if I'm going to take Ruby at her, at her word – I'm also going to take other people at their word until proven otherwise. Now, yes, you could say that, you know, well, why didn't they say something before? There's a very good possibility that they were asked not to. Like when Ruby Ruby left the show, if so, the one thing no one disputes now is that WB or or, you know, WB didn't bring her back. And that explains why. Like the day after the, you know, like two days after the finale, it gets announced, like because they decided not to pick up her option. So, yeah, this this wasn't she didn't choose this. They they had to choose this for reasons, which makes a lot more sense, because when when we covered this, when it first happened, I, and 
I said that there was more to this story because something didn't smell right. The, the the way the way it was handled from the jump just did not seem right to me. And here's my thing: some of what Ruby says may be true. There are a couple. There were a few things that she said that I personally had a hard time believing. But my also my thing too is this feels random as hell. Well. Like, like her. because because until she uh, because whatever whatever was leaking out I'd heard none of it. The only thing I heard was when she opened her mouth, and then the floodgates opened from that point. See, all right, I can't remember who it was, but because I I was sent from several different people throughout the day, several different things. Um, so I remember that that not like. Like not too long after, because the Ruby stuff came out before I woke up. When I woke up, it, you know, my friend Tim had already texted me and was like, "Hey, look at this." So yesterday I come to work for eleven. So about so this was before ten a.m. East Coast time. By the time I got to work and got through my original rush till about noon, noon thirty. Right around then, a a news article came out, and not from like. Not from um, like comic book resources or comic. It was book. like variety com. or deadline, right? It was. Um, it might have been. It was. I don't know if it was a trade publication, but it was a very reputable. Well, it could have been TV line too. It was one of them. No, it definitely wasn't TV line. It was. It was deadline variety or an actual like paper, but it was a very reputable news uh, news source that had an entire article. That talked about issues with Ruby on set. That at the like one tiny paragraph at the beginning of the report talked about what Ruby had done on Instagram. So my thinking is, for some reason, somebody was leaking some of this stuff out, and there was going to be a news report yesterday, regardless of if Ruby came out or not, that said, "Hey, you know, hey, but I think this, I think that this is what happened on out- Batwoman." Didn't that come out after the WB statement came out? No, it came out before the WB statement. See, I thought it came out after the WB statement. No, it came out and then the WB statement came out a little bit a little bit after that and then as other then as other news agencies kind of picked up everything everything kind I, of got thrown together. But I there wonder was if one... I wonder if that if that place just got the wb statement first before they posted it and didn't wait until they posted it to post the article uh i don't think so because the wb the statement came out a little bit afterwards so what i'm thinking was the impetus for all this was ruby or ruby's people got contacted by by a reporter because ruby also said that this had this had something to do with what happened with the production unions and the strike that almost happened. Cause she said that on her Instagram, she said that she wanted to speak up because she saw what happened with the production union when they spoke up and fought for what they wanted and they won. She Mm -hmm. used that as inspiration to open her mouth, which all right, that's a choice, but if, okay. Yeah. So, but what I'm thinking is somebody was doing an article or somebody had heard some some things like just in happenstance, like talking to somebody from Batwoman or whatever, and heard some things that they hadn't seen reported before. And they were like, look, I'm going to do a story on this. And then rightly tried to contact Ruby to get her side of it and said, look, 
I'm, you know, I'm putting out this article. Do you want to comment? And then I think Ruby kind of, that's the impetus of what, what got everything going for on Ruby's end. I don't know. That's my, that's my thought process. And it's not so much of, well, and I don't think it was, I don't think in, it was a, well, they're trying to slander me. So I have to be, I have to get bef- out before the article. I think it, I think it was an impetus of, well, I've kept my mouth shut about other stuff that there was a problem with. They were going, you know, you know, they hadn't said anything till now about, you know, me being a nightmare on set or whatever. So I think, I think like if she felt that the studio was doing this to her, she was going to, she was going to retaliate, which would make sense. It's what I would do, especially if I had some sort of, you know, stuff in the bank. But again, both things don't have to be mutually exclusive. They, the producers, could have treated her horribly, and I believe that that is a very real possibility. Because they, I mean, they they do have a reputation for doing it on other shows with other cast members. So that that yeah, Candace Patton has has yeah. talked about it. Um, you know, Stephen Amell has talked about it. And not just like the DC TV. It's not just like DC TV for anyone who's like, ah, you know, because Ray Fisher, who also weighed in on it. Um, But it's not just DC TV. Like CW has a track record of these kind of things happening on on their shows. So so again, that's why I'm saying like I fully believe that part of her that part of her accounts. I fully believe and want those investigated. And if the producers did the things absolutely did the things that that ruby claims they should be fired they should no longer be with the show now one of them isn't one of them is already they weren't fired they left their job or whatever um but just because that happened doesn't mean the other stuff that there's that some of the cast and crew are saying about her happened now in ruby's mind or in ruby's not necessarily in ruby's mind but if all the stuff she was dealing with, she took out on on other people in the cast or while working, I don't think I don't say that's an excuse for 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 acting like that. Like in her mind, it it very well is. And you know what? I know I know when I you know if I had something going on like that, yeah, it would affect me too. It would affect my work performance too. Doesn't make it right, but. He- Here's where I am in all of this. And I think my perspective might differ a little bit from yours. The timing of this is suspect as hell for me because from now what you say could very well be true, but from my point of view, she literally woke up and decided to post all of this for no reason. A year after being gone. Year and a half after gone. A year and a half after being gone. While she was in the woods, apparently. Like this literally makes she 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 wakes up, she says all of this stuff. And for what? Because now the only person that's really looking bad at this point is her, because literally like when when she left, there had to have been some kind of agreement that they're going to come up with a narrative that they're going to spin in the press. and, And the real reasons behind her exit were never going to come to light. But now she opened up her mouth for whatever reason. She said what she said. And now the only person looking really bad is her because all uh, she already had a reputation 
for being difficult before she was cast because I saw a lot of the reaction when she was cast by certain people when they found out about it. So her, her reputation for being difficult already existed. She's doing nothing to help herself. She's thinking she's doing something to to help, but all she's going to, all she's ended up doing is hurting herself because, because now all that's been confirmed at this point is that she was fired for presumably being difficult because you have both actors that she mentioned in her, in her little rant and the studio saying that she was let go because of difficulties that she caused. Right. Now, now again, like, you're right. It seems weird that she would just wake up and decide to do this. So if she wakes up to a reporter calling her saying, hey, we're doing this story because we've heard this, you know. But why would anything been... leak out about her now? It's not like she has a movie coming out. It's not like there would be a reason for her name to be in the news. So that's the reason why I'm like, does that doesn't really make any sense to me? Uh, because I, I, I can understand your I can understand why it doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, like. So obviously the CW show just came back, like Batwoman just came back, which means that right now you have a bunch of entertainment reporters that are talking to cast members or talking to stunt people or talking to production people to help promote the show in the new season. Like it's one of the big media blitzes going on right now. And as a reporter, you would like you would always ask, like, yeah, you're right. Ruby left a year and a half ago, but but we said at the same time, like, there has to be something more to it. So, like, the reporter could have just been, like, nonchalant. Like, could have just been, like, all right, you know, you're talking about this season and that, but hey, like, like, I always thought it was kind of strange the way Ruby left. You know, what's up with that? And someone could have just been, like, well, here's the real reason. Like, not thinking about it. And the reporter was like, all right, I'm going to do a story on this instead. And then, you know, you, as a reporter should, wants to get both sides, gets in touch with Ruby or Ruby's people. And then Ruby thinks that the studio, for some reason, is behind it. And she's like, wait, we had an agreement I've not to do this. I've never seen a studio come out with a statement that harsh. That, that, what, that statement was a choice. I... You're right. Look, I'm if if nothing else, I am willing to bet that that statement was not proofread by people in the in the PR department at Warner Brothers. Or at this point, nobody gave a fuck. Pardon my French, because she was out there spread. In their opinion, she was out there spreading lies. So they're going to come out with a harsh statement that I assume they have proof to back up because you're not going to sit there and say you did an investigation without having some record of the a record of the investigation has to exist. So for them to come out with a statement that harsh. Yeah. Like so, that in and of itself said something. to. And again, you're right. Like, I, I agree. Like, yeah, the studio probably had enough had enough reports of people being upset by her behavior that that they decided not to bring her back. That is very that is very possibly true. And again, but that doesn't discount what the producers did to her either. Again, both of these things I think could have happened simultaneously and it just turns the entire thing into a shit show because Yeah, the thing is a lot of times even if a person's message is the truth the messenger is always going to factor into people's perception of the message. And the fact that she's the one saying all of this, it makes it hard to believe. 
Now, to be fair, again, as I went back and, and like, all right, so she's saying this, this, and this. You're right. I couldn't find anything about the about the burned stunt person. However, I did find back in 2019. So the you know after the first season was over, like a mere few months, like it was like two, it was like three or four months um, after the first season. Wait, no, no, it, it wouldn't have been after the first. What year are we in? We're in 2021. Okay. And Batwoman premiered in, in the fall of 2019 because their season one was the COVID season. And then well, and the that season was 2020. Nine, right. So that ended in 2020. So what, when did you find the article? What, when is the article dated for? Yeah. So the article was dated, the article was dated like October, November of 2019. So it was, it was when they were filming the first season. When they were filming the first season before COVID was even a thing. Right. Um, She went out on, she, you know, she went out on a, on a nighttime talk show and she had talked about how she had an injury on the Batwoman set and that she could have been left. Like she was almost paralyzed that she had went, got it checked out and, and then she went about her normal thing. She went back to Hungary or Hungary to, to keep filming. And the doctors called her and were like, no, you need to come back because, you know, your spinal cord is almost completely severed. And then she went and had her and then she went and had her um, surgery. She was like, I was, you know, she even said I was out for 10 days. I couldn't move. For, you know, I wasn't able to move for 10 days. I was not allowed to move for 10 days. It wasn't I wasn't able to. She wasn't allowed to move or do anything physical for 10 days, um, which, again, this is while she's still filming Batwoman season one. So so that part of her story is not changing. Um, and the 10 days that she specifically mentions in that 2019 article and it's not just one article like this, like when she did it, a bunch of other stations picked up and picked up the sound bites in that. So that those 10 days that she kind of talks about meshes with her current stance of 10 days. So that is consistent now. So so that's why I tend to believe like that stuff that she is saying. And you're right. The timing of it's weird. And that's that is a that is a perception issue. Um but that's always the issue when someone comes out with allegations years after the fact. Like that was, you know, that was the same thing that people would lobby against um, accusers of Bill Cosby. Like, why did you come out now and say it and not then? Like, I, I, uh, timing is always suspect. I, and it always looks fishy, but you can never really know what was going on it just, like, prior to that. It just it feels like such a weird time, too. Like it would have made more sense for it to come out last season when. Um, yeah, I agree. And again, the only thing I can the only thing I can really attribute it to is for some reason, something got like something was told to her or got to her that made her think studio was trying to slander her. And that's why she decided to finally like that coupled with everything else she talks about got her to finally come out and say something. And and OK, but she also said two things she also talks about or one thing she said in the past. And another thing that 
I think she was smart to bring up on her own and not waited for somebody else to say it. So one thing she had talked about in the past, prior to right around the beginning of season two, or a little bit or a little bit after, might have been we might have been crossed over into twenty twenty by that point. Um she or we might have crossed over into twenty twenty one by that point. She was asked if she would ever come back. And she had said she had said if the WB asked me to do a one off or, you know, a guest spot, I would think about it. Now she said that in the past. So And now she's straight up saying not no, but hell no. Right. So I I'm just being I want to be about as completely transparent as humanly possible. Give it to you, you know, give you all the stories that I know of from both sides and you can do that with that information as you wish. Now, the second thing that I think she was very, very smart to talk about in her last like in her last kind of statement, like her last batch statement where she talked about Cam, like she had talked about Cam and then um, and then how she would never come back and how she wasn't how she didn't quit. She was, you know, she she even kind of says, like, I didn't quit. So she's admitting that she was let go. Um, she talks about that in in her in her line of thinking as to why now you know she talked about the producers thing she talked about the people on jagged little pill on broadway which i still have to look up that story i don't know what that story was about um but she does also mention that she ever like after she left the show or after she was done with the show she was still under contract to warner brothers for the meg 2 and she had just started getting ready she started growing out her hair and then about a month ago or a little less than a month ago they told her she was cut from so i and here's what i'm saying i i think she is very smart to bring it up on her own because if she had left that out and then it came out like today someone's like oh by the way it's it's kind of funny like she was cut out of a movie from Warner Brothers, and now all of a sudden she's saying this stuff. That would make it look very suspect. The fact that she brings it up on her own is, you know, I think is the smart play. I think it takes a little of the suspect off of her. Honestly, I think her speaking at all was a dumb, to be honest, because she's the only like, like I said, she's I mean, the only one she... that's really looking that bad here. Because I mean, I, honestly, I mean, there are people, people believe her and people don't believe her. And then there are people who think that both things can be true. Right. That's kind of the three separate camps that we have here. But the thing is, even if the message is right, the messenger is causing a lot of people to question it. So, and all of these articles now aren't about her claim. You know, she made these claims. It's now about the fact that these claims are being refuted. It's about well, you it's know now, why all the articles are like that. It, but it's also now about what a nightmare she was. So nobody's right. talking about what she said. Everybody's talking about her behavior. Right, but you, but honestly, you like, like I, I understand what you're saying, and that's fine. You want to believe that, you know, if that's the way you see things, that's that's fine. But she's not giving an alternative. Like in her last Instagram post, she was like, I'm in the woods. My phone's going to be off. I'm done discussing this. So when reporters You're done are discussing to, a discussion you started. So when reporters are trying to put together a news story for what is going on, 
right now there's only one side talking and it's not her like like whether you know whether you agree or not agree like with, if she was with, gonna with, do with this what she Ray, with what ray fisher went through on on justice league like like that's a whole other thing but the one thing you can say is like ray fisher consistently and constantly is hammering his stuff he is like he never once was like here's what happened and i'm not talking about this right now like yeah and like that's, people that's were able to get in touch with him for his side of the story whenever they were doing a news report right now she's not talking and i hope that stupid. changes right Which i hope that's absolutely stupid you don't i'm sorry you, and who and she either did this without the coaching of her PR team or she's got the dumbest PR team in the world because what in what universe are they going to say yes by all means start a shitstorm and then disconnect from the entire world yeah no that's not like if you're gonna if you're gonna start this you know find a way you know find a way to sit down for an interview with somebody find a way to get on to a late night talk show find a way you know you want to control the narrative or you want to at least be able to push back at some of the narrative that is obviously going to come out like you know everyone you know people have called out uh cam for talk for for talking yeah. about it and and scott oh, I, was like, I mean she specifically named those two exactly they, like of course they were going to deny them. it they were right. going to deny it and they were going to defend like if she had said right. nothing and kept their names out of her mouth then they never would have said anything right now like we now i haven't seen anything from like um megan or rachel or i don't think uh, Javisi has said Nicole. anything either Javicia definitely hasn't said anything, and I will say I do like the fact that that Ruby was like, "Look, I, if I didn't name people, they weren't a problem, and under no circumstances should you go after them or Javicia." I liked I liked that because that could have gotten very bad very quickly. Although I still unfortunately think it it will. Um, it's it's going to get bad because people aren't going to listen. Right, but she did the right thing there. She was like, "Look." Like, this isn't about this, which is what she should have done now. But again, there hasn't been a statement by Mary, um, Nicole, Megan, Rachel. So those three were on season one. She, you know, uh, Ruby didn't bring her up, bring any of them up in their, in her story. They haven't released any statements. I wouldn't expect them to um, unless they really felt like like unless they came out and just completely refuted everything and was like look no this the stunt person wasn't injured but honestly at this point none of that's happened either right and at this point i think enough has come out refuting her claims that i don't maybe i don't think they wanted to pile on because they probably you know but that's the thing is nothing's come out refuting her claims well about about the only person to come out refuting her claims was drudgery scott he was the only one to be like the stuff that she says I did, I didn't do. That's the only thing. Cam didn't say, didn't come out and say, I never said, you know, I never called her out for being late. He didn't say that. He just said she was a nightmare to work with. And again, both things can be true. So all the stuff coming out now is how horrible she was on set. But nothing is saying, nothing's coming out and saying, well, what she said about her injury or, or this stunt woman isn't true 
it's just the bent like the narrative right now is how she was on set which again both things you know both things could be true but i find it a little the the one thing i'm really the one thing i'm actually surprised about is the one like the one story that everyone is kind of like well we've never heard anything about this person catching on fire and no one's come out and said this is who it was this is what happened or that just never happened like no one's brought up that one particular person and and no but nobody's come out to support her claims either like nobody who worked on the first season of batwoman has opened up their mouth to say yeah the she might have been a nightmare to work with but the conditions we had to work with i can understand why she you know what i'm saying like nobody has said that either and i i agree no one said that either however if you like if you look closely at her claims and they are the the paralyzed the paralyzed assistant that's a news report that's out there we know it happened we know who she is her name what happened we know there was an investigation so we know that it's we know that is accurate now as far as her injury no one's really denying that she got injured on set i think someone actually said she did get injured on set um but as far as like what the producers told her and how they acted toward her could have been done behind closed doors. So they would be smart not to not to say, well, that never would have happened. Like if Cam had come out and said, like if Cam would have came out and said, like all that stuff she said about her having to come back 10 days after her injury never actually happened. Then I'd be like, Cam, you better be you better be a thousand percent sure because that would be the dumbest statement you would ever make. He just kept it as he was kind of defending what she said about him by saying, yeah, she was a nightmare to work with. And I called her out. It's just this whole thing is a mess. This is a this is like a schoolyard fight right now with some with some severe allegations on the on the producer's end. And I really again, I really want those to be checked out. But after that, like this is a schoolyard fight that I I don't know what's going to come out next, but I'm sure there will be something. I I highly doubt this is the last of it. Yeah, I, I just this whole thing like, and it wasn't even close to what I was expecting. Like I just assumed, you know, Ruby was done, moved on, and all of a sudden now she's opening up her mouth and saying something. Like this is almost something you would do. If you were writing a book and your book was about to come out and you were trying to give a preview, like this almost feels like a PR stunt, but she's got nothing to promote. So that's why I'm confused. Yeah, I I don't know. Who knows? Um, there was, like we said, I came out. I came out yesterday. There was a little bit more today. Maybe there'll be more tomorrow. Maybe there'll be more by next week. Um, but, well, you know, if something new comes out, we'll talk about it. But Something, stuff always pops off right, like right before or after we're about. No, to it's usually right after. So the fact that it happened <laughs> beforehand, I am I am thoroughly surprised, and I'm fully expecting to have like a complete expose getting posted like the very second I hit upload on this. The very second I hit upload on this, something's going to come out that is either going to completely, that is either going to completely destroy Ruby's side of this or wb side of this but it's gonna happen and it's gonna happen as soon as i upload this this episode so that is this week's episode yes if you it would is like to get, if you would like to get in touch with us 
you can do so in a variety of ways. You can email us at batwomantvtalk at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at batwomantvtalk on Twitter. You can tweet at me at Academy Rewind on Twitter. And where can the people find you? I'm at XO Tony Roney XO on Twitter. All right. So, yep. Just about the same length as last week. <laughs> I was going to say this is my band new record. Nope, it's only like an hour and 45, so after I take out the, you know, after I truncate the silence, that usually chops out like 10 minutes of it, so, uh, yeah, it's about on par, so we're going to get out of here, because again, I haven't eaten since breakfast, and it is now 8.07, so I'm about to gnaw off my own arm, <laughs> they are shining the bat signal out in the sky, and we'll be back next week to talk to you lovely people, see you later. Bye, buddy.